Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, September the 25th in 2020 on Winter Eyes. Currently in year A, proper week 21 and the 17th Sunday after Pentecost. And on Fridays, we like to take a look at the gospel text for the week, which is in the book of Matthew, of course, Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through 32. So I'll read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we discern from the text this morning. So thanks for making this part of your morning on Winter Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through 32. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of a human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask of the people, then why did they hold John as a prophet? So they answered Jesus, We don't know. Then he said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and he went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe them, or believe him. This is the word of God for us. In this last week that Jesus is in Jerusalem before he's apprehended and crucified, there's a lot of things that are being woven together. But it's not just the things that are happening in Jesus' life, but it's also what have been happening for 300 years or so before Jesus got there. On the one hand, Israel knew that they needed to be delivered. They needed somebody to help them. They were being harassed by foreign empires, and there was some skepticism whether their own leaders that were supposed to be presiding over them had any interest in helping the common people. At the same time, they scrutinize over who might this deliverer helper be. And so Jesus wanders into this interesting and very complex storm. And it comes to a head here when he's teaching in the temple. As he's teaching in the temple, they want to try to catch him in his words, and they ask him tough questions. So Jesus finds ways to evade them. And I think at the same time, he wants to try to reach them. Now, does he have any sort of optimism that he's going to reach them to win them over completely to his side? Maybe not. But Jesus ever trying to seek the transformation of people, he attempts to do so. In this first question, uh, they try to ask him what, by what authority, because they're the ones who have authority. They've been appointed. They have the rightful places in the temple. And here comes this, you know, hick guy from Nazareth, you know, out there having quite the sway with the crowds. And so they wondered where, what, by what means and by what clearance was he able to do these things. And so he gives them a tough question. And uh, they know that they've been painted into a corner. 
And so before they're able to disperse, Jesus gives this interesting parable. And on the surface, it's, it looks kind of cut and dry, but underneath, it's sort of been a very challenging moment for them. Jesus talks about a man who has two sons. And he asks each of them to go do an errand for him. Now the first one says no in, in public, but in secret he does what the father asks him. The second one says yes in public, but he doesn't do what the father asks him. Now, when Jesus says, which one is better, they end up saying the first one. But it would have come at a cost, because in this time, in Jesus' day, they believed in an honor-shame culture. And if you didn't agree with your parents, you did not disagree with them in public. You wanted to help save their face by not having wayward children. And so actually, they would have been tempted to say the second one, because the second one was able to save face even though he didn't do the deed that his father had asked. As rugged Americans, we think, oh yeah, that's easy. The first one, the one who actually got the thing done. But that first display of public defiance would have been as offensive as not doing what the father asked. And so here they are, they're in quite a bind. And so Jesus is trying to catch them there. He's saying, listen, you've already sketched out the map. You feel like because of your families, where you come from, and your traditions, that somehow you should be prized and that God's blessings upon you. But things aren't so simple. It's as difficult as two sons who one publicly disagrees with his father but privately affirms him. The other one who publicly affirms him but privately dis, uh, disgraces his father. It's just not that easy. And I think that's important for us because I think at times we can't help it. We sort out the world. We weigh people. We try to find their motivations we seem to hold them captive by their worst moments and we try to get us off and, and try to hope people remember only our best days. So it's very complex how we deal with one another. And so Jesus tells us there's a better way and that better way is to seek the heart of the Father. And uh, as we seek the heart of the Father, then we'll be led the right way. And so here Jesus is looking at them and you can imagine this long moment of pause as they're trying to answer it. Jesus is hoping. He's maybe got agonizing, like an agonizing energy deep within. He's like, can you just see what I see? You know, be led to the way of life. And he tries to give them some sort of an uh, unveiling here at this last. He said, for truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. Because they're responding. And you're not. And I think that's important for us because it would be easy right now to simply, I don't know, like back away from the hard moments that we're having in our culture and time, to not dig into a greater depth of obedience and faithfulness. But what Jesus is looking for are people who are wanting to enter in the kingdom. And uh, that's an important distinction to make here. When we talk about the kingdom, we are never told to build it, even though we talk about it in the church. There's only two verbs associated with the kingdom. It's to enter and to receive it. And so that's going to be my prayer for us today, is that you and I would be eager to enter in and to receive the kingdom and enjoy the bliss of knowing Jesus, even though um, it may cost us redrawing all of our maps socially, redrawing all of our expectations, because of what's at stake is knowing the depth of the bliss and the delight of our Father. So let's pray to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today that with you there is mercy and forgiveness. For God, we confess that we get caught in comparison. We tend to measure ourselves up against those to our right or to our left, hoping that we've done a little bit more than the rest. And 
over time we tend to develop preconceived notions about about every person that we come encounter with we think that jesus you came and you you want us to undo all that we have expected and um, you want us to be more discerning and you want us to be more patient and you want us to be more faithful Got to think of that it was a chaotic time in the time of Jesus, but it didn't allow him to be distracted from his goal, which was to honor the Father. It must have been a thrilling moment to see tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners who were pushing their way forward to the front of the line, eager to receive the kingdom, even ahead of all those who, who knew all the answers and who could uh, behave in the right ways at the right moments. But deep within, there was resistance, and deep within, there was indifference towards the Father. So God, I thank you that you never give up on us. I thank you that you're always transforming, that you're always calling us deeper. So God, this day, we confess to you that at times we've resisted that because we feel like maybe we've done enough. We feel like we've um, we've been faithful enough. We've served enough. Um, perhaps that we've read and studied enough and now we can coast for the next season. But we thank you that your word warns us and tells us that if we put our hands to the plow and look back that we're not fit for the service of the kingdom, that we've got to keep going. And so God, I pray that that wouldn't meet us with guilt, shame, or condemnation today. God, I pray that that would meet us with an opportunity, with a fire being lit in our souls to respond and to start today, uh, to start with the next life that is presented to us, that we would serve, that we would bless, that we would encourage, that we'd be quick to forgive and that we'd be quick to restore, that we'd be quick to affirm and to lift another up and to provide room for somebody else at our table and to open up doors for people who've been waiting for a chance. So God, I thank you that you've been patient with us, that you call us again and again, that you show up again and again, and you cause us to want more. And so God, this day, I pray that we'd follow in your footsteps and that we provide and pave ways for other people, for new people to receive the kingdom and to enter in and to know what we know and to receive what we receive. So God, be with us today. Set us apart. Allow us to be a part of what you're doing in the world around us. I ask all these things in Jesus' name.